As it's noted in your bulletin, we're going to be in the Gospel of Matthew, the Sermon on the Mount, chapter 7, verses 7 to 11. And children, as you hear this, listen carefully to what Jesus is saying. He's making a promise. It has to do with us asking our Heavenly Father for things. This is an amazing passage. Again, Matthew 7, beginning at verse 7 through verse 11. Ask, and it will be given to you. Seek, and you will find. Knock, and it will be opened to you. For everyone who asks, receives. And the one who seeks, finds. To the one who knocks, it will be opened. Or which one of you, if his son asks for bread, will give him a stone? Or if he asks for a fish, will give him a serpent? If you then, who are evil, know how to give good gifts to your children, how much more will your Father who is in heaven give good things to those who ask him? This is the word of the Lord. Thanks be to God. Amen. I'm sure some child about 15 or 20 minutes from now will say to their parents, why did we get to hear two sermons today? It may feel like that in this very special day. But children, I want you to really listen to something because you can help us here. The verses are Matthew 7, 7 to 11. I want you to even maybe think of a 7-11 as you see them some days. Maybe when you see them, it will remind you of what Jesus is saying here, just to think about it. Jesus tells us to ask, to seek, to knock, and we're not doing it. If a pastor were to ask me to describe the spiritual health of our church, there's lots of things I could say. When I'm a guest preacher somewhere, I often ask that question. And what's almost always consistent is this. The congregation doesn't show they really feel their need for Jesus in the way they come for prayer. The congregation doesn't really show they feel their need for Jesus when it comes to them coming for prayer. This is important, and here's why. If you ever want to know how to apply any sermon you ever hear, if you ever want to know how to apply any Christian book you read, if you want to know how to apply any podcast, Christian podcast, any Christian Bible study you're in, if you want to know how to apply it, it's right here in these few verses where Jesus applies very clearly how his audience was to receive what they just heard. Here's what I mean. For less than 15 minutes, Jesus preached these words. His sermon, even if you read it slowly, those three chapters take less than 15 minutes. And then Jesus comes to this point in his sermon where he says, ask, and it will be given you. Seek, and you will find. Knock, and the door will be open to you. What is he talking about? He is not here teaching, name it and claim it. Whatever you want, ask for it. If you want a new car, then pray for it. If you want a job, to be able to afford a new car, pray for it. This is not at all what this section of Matthew 7 is about. It is about Jesus showing us, after at this point he had probably preached about 12 to 13 minutes as it's recorded, 
that everything he has said up to this point, everything, not just some things, everything that he said up to this point, you can't do it. Neither can I. We're not smart enough. We're not diligent enough. We're not spiritually mature enough. There's not one line in the sermon where you could say, I know some of them are hard, but because of my giftedness, because of my mental capacity, because of my diligence, I can do it. Jesus is closing his sermon. He's going to follow with a few illustrations, but he's closing his sermon with this incredible truth. You can't do it. And one of the reasons pastors like me would say our congregations don't feel their need for prayer is because when we take time and invite people to pray, the attendance is really poor. This isn't, by the way, to make you feel shame. This is to open your eyes to the fact that you might really believe you don't need what Jesus is saying you desperately need. You can't do any part of the Sermon on the Mount apart from Jesus. None of it. None of it. If you don't believe me, just go back to it. Go back to the beginning. We started there about a year ago. Can you believe it? We have about five sermons, maybe six left. Took Jesus 15 minutes. It's taken us over 50 weeks. And we actually could keep going. But at the end of every sermon, at the end of what you heard last week, so beautifully preached by Chad, what you'll hear next week and every week and every book you read, the application is the same. And Jesus gives it to us. It's very, very simple. Ask. Ask. A-S-K. Ask. Ask and it will be given to you. Seek and you will find. Knock and the door will be open to you. When we have afternoons where we invite you to pray, or occasionally where we'll have people in the corners, very few people come. There's a reason why. There's a stronghold in our culture that tells you, don't look needy. If you're over there praying, somebody might wonder, well, what's really wrong with you? You know what? They might be saying something like this. I really want to love my enemies. Pray for me. I really want to be pure in heart. Pray for me. I really want to stop lusting. Pray for me. I really want to know what it means to be generous. Pray for me. The prayers that we typically bring, not minimizing these at all, are for things that we really feel need over. Physical health, we should pray. Relational health, we should pray. But friends, what Jesus is saying here, it's all centered on the spiritual life. And what he's saying is when you hear what I have preached, when you hear what I have said, you can't do it. You can't. So ask your father. Seek your father. Knock at the door and it will be given you. I'm going to give you two points. But before I do, I want you to hear this. We've made much of what Jesus has made much of. And that is the Father. 
one of my favorite things that Chad Scruggs said last week was when he talked about grown-up theology. Do you remember what that was? Grown-up theology is when his children, not just the little ones, but all of us, run and jump into the lap of the Father. That's grown-up theology. But he said grown-ups don't do that. Professionals, I remember him saying that, don't do that. And I think it's true that we don't think of God that way either, friends. Not as children who are desperate for something from their father. Martin Lloyd-Jones, listen to what he says. If you should ask me to state in one phrase, now Martin Lloyd-Jones is saying this, this is really significant. If you should ask me to state in one phrase what I regard as the greatest defect in most Christian lives. Now let me pause for a minute. If somebody were to ask you that, what would you put there? What would you say from your own perspective, even your own life? This is what I think the greatest defect is in most Christians' lives in my life. What would you say? I don't think you would say what he says. Listen, if you should ask me to state in one phrase what I regard as the greatest defect in most Christians' lives, I would say that it is our failure to know God as our Father, as we should know him. That's amazing. Jesus, in this sermon, uses the name Father over and over and over again. When he's teaching about this application of his sermon, he has the Father in mind, that he's the one that we should ask and seek and knock. So here's what I want you to take away. We are to ask the Father with persistence, and we're to ask the Father with confidence. Persistence, and confidence. And here's why I would say persistence. Unless you know Greek or are reading a commentary that speaks to Greek, the grammar here wouldn't mean much to you, but it actually means everything. It's written as a present imperative versus an aorist imperative. An aorist imperative means to do something once. It would be like me saying to you right now, pick up your hymnal. Aorist imperative, you pick it up once. You, you obey what's being asked. When Jesus says, ask, seek, and knock, it's not an aorist imperative. It's a present imperative, which means continually. So what Jesus is saying here is when you think about all that you have just heard that I've preached, all the Beatitudes, all that he says about relationships, all that he says about hypocrisy, all that he says about prayer, what is he saying? For those things which you in and of yourself cannot generate, continually ask. Continually ask. Continually seek. Continually seek. Continually knock. If that's not what we're doing, that means we don't truly feel our need of him, even if we quote great books or sing great hymns. When we truly feel the need of something, that makes us desperate. It affects the way we pray, our spiritual condition. 
because of all we've already proclaimed reveals that we actually can profess that we see ourselves as sinners in need of a savior. So continually ask, continually seek, continually knock. There's something else here. The way in which Jesus uses those three present imperatives, ask, seek, and knock, shows that there is an ascending intensity. There is an ascending intensity. We begin by recognizing a need, and I hope you're recognizing it even now. And so we ask. There's an ascending intensity that moves towards effort now. Many of you heard what Chad said last week. Effort matters, not in our justification, but certainly in our progressive sanctification. Seeking is looking. It's moving. It's not just asking. And then lastly, you have this idea of perseverance, persistence, knocking at the door, beating down the door. There's something you want so badly. Jesus, as Luke records this, gives us this picture of that intensity, that persistence. Turn in your Bible very quickly to Luke chapter 11. This is where the counterpart is. Jesus, in Luke 11, he records the same statement, but he says this before it, verse 5, 11, 5. Which of you who has a friend will go to him at midnight and say to him, friend, lend me three loaves? For a friend of mine has arrived on a journey and I have nothing to set before him. And he will answer from within, do not bother me. The door is now shut and my children are with me in bed. I cannot get up and give you anything. I tell you, though he will not get up and give him anything because he is a friend, his friend, yet because of his perseverance, that's really the word, persistence, he will rise and give him whatever he needs. And I tell you, ask and it will be given to you. Seek and you will find, knock, and it will be open to you. There it is. Now I want to do one more picture that Jesus gave us. Turn over and look a little further to Luke 18. This is the illustration that also speaks of persistence and confidence. Jesus told them a parable to the effect that they ought always to pray and not lose heart. I want you to think about this for a minute before I read the parable. How many of you know that on your smartphone device, whatever you use, that there is a history section and you can look at that or somebody else can and tell you everything you've searched. How many of you know that that's a reality? Good. I want you to think about your history, not so much in terms of where your eyes have gone on the internet, but I want you to think of your history, even today and yesterday, since Winter Grace. What's been the history of what you have asked God for? How many of the things have you been asking God for that are related specifically to what he preached in the Sermon on the Mount? I'm not saying that anything you've been asking for is wrong, but I think for many of us, praying with ascending intensity, praying with this present imperative that we are not going to the Lord begging him to give us what he promises to give us, those are the things of his righteousness. 
So Jesus gives us a picture. It's a parable of a woman. Most likely in your Bible, it says the parable of the persistent widow, which I don't think is the best title. Those things are not inspired. They're things above the word that just helps us identify them. And I'll tell you why in a minute. But let me read the parable. It's very short. He told them a parable to the effect that they ought always to pray and not lose heart. So what's the point? We should always be praying and not lose heart. He then said, in a certain city, there was a judge who neither feared God nor respected man. And there was a widow in that city who kept coming to him and saying, give me justice against my adversary. For a while he refused, but afterward he said to himself, though I neither fear God nor respect man, yet because this widow keeps bothering me, I will give her justice so that she will not beat me down by her continual coming. And the Lord said, hear what the unrighteous judge says. And will not God give justice to his elect who cry to him day and night? Will he delay long over them? I tell you, he will give justice to them speedily. Nevertheless, when the Son of Man comes, will he find faith on earth? The imperative here is very clear. Don't stop asking God, seeking God, knocking on that door for the things that he himself has said he will give us that relate to our sanctification, our being made like him. Don't just simply say, I have bad habits, I'm wired this way, this is the way God made me. No, friend, if you know there's some part of your heart, your body, your mind, your soul that is not living according to what Christ has preached, take it to him. Ask, seek, knock. But here's the danger of this parable being titled The Persistent Widow. It's that we think the main point is for us just to be persistent. That's not the main point. It's certainly part of it. But there's another subtle thing that you can't miss. We can't miss this. We are to be persistent in our prayers. Friends, don't stop praying. Don't lose heart. Keep asking. Keep seeking. Keep knocking. But here's the difference. We are not asking an unjust judge. And we are not widows and orphans. We have the heavenly Father who is good and does good, who Jesus tells us delights to give us good gifts. In Luke's section, he would speak specifically of that being the Holy Spirit. We don't persist in prayer to a judge or even a father who's saying, just knock long enough and I'll become fed up and then I'll give you what you want. He's not that. And so we're to persist in prayer to a father who delights in giving us good things. And we're to persist in prayer, not as a widow or an orphan, but in his beloved daughters and sons who really can, like we've been singing, run into the arms of the living God. We really can sit in the lap of our Heavenly Father. But when you get there, when you are there, what are you asking him for? Friend, go back over the Sermon on the Mount. Ask the Holy Spirit to show you 
What is not well in your soul? What areas of your life are you not living according to what Christ has said? And I said it clearly, ask the Holy Spirit. You can't see it apart from him. And when he reveals that, whatever it might be, or those things, whatever they might be, ask him to change you. Ask him to make you hunger and thirst for righteousness. Ask him to turn your eyes from looking at worthless things. Do it with persistence, but also with confidence. Because Jesus says, it will be given you. You will find. It will be opened. For everyone who asks, receives. And the one who seeks, finds. And the one who knocks, it will be opened. What would bless this body greatly is if we all really believed what we say we believe. That apart from Jesus, we can't do any of this. But in Christ, with confidence, we can come asking continually, seeking continually, knocking continually with confidence, believing that he and he alone will give us what we ultimately need. If you want to pray today, come and see us. Send an email. Meet Carrie and Eleanor right here. They'll meet you in the corner. Those men that were up here standing, scatter around. If you need prayer, friend, come. And let me make it easy. You do. Every Sunday. And at the end of every book you read, and every Christian thing you intake, this is the application always. Ask, seek, and knock. Father in heaven, there is so much good news. And I have to be honest, Lord, this culture is so strong in making us say one thing and seemingly believe it, but to still live as if everything's okay. Father, I pray today that your grace would truly show itself to be sufficient as you say. And hear our prayers, Lord, whether we pray with someone or even out loud right now to you, have mercy on us and give us the ability to believe what you preached, Christ. Ask and it will be given. Seek and you will find. Knock and the door will be open to you. We pray this in Jesus' name. Amen.